Hey, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Eight Figures. Please, please, please go to beyondeightfigures.com and sign up for a newsletter. Every time you do, my team will jump up and down, take a little dance and shoot confetti all over the office floor, even though we're a virtual company. So it's okay. I don't have to clean it later. Please just go to the site and sign up for the newsletter. We have a great guest today because not only is he a three-time Inc. 5000 winner, um, has had a couple of companies that have grown like crazy, but his experiences, you know, have very interesting how he's framing things. Yeah. I, you know, he took a, ma- a background in mainstream banking where he worked um, and then, you know, built a credit repair company and now has a very successful, um, a very, you know, very large credit repair company and now has a very successful marketing firm. What I think is going to be interesting in interview to pay attention to especially if you're in that sort of transition from brute force, you know, getting everything done as, as directly as you can and trying to think about the organizational structure and sort of getting things a little bit more, you know, built for the long term is listen to how he looks at these different things. He talks about how early on his superpower was that he was involved in everything. And I think a lot of us have been in that experience. I know I was, and I love the fact that I could code, I could do analytics, I could do PPPC. (laughs) I'll add another P there. I could do SEO. I could do all the different things. I could talk, I could cook, I could bake. But the reality is, especially as you're growing, there's a certain point where that no longer has an advantage and it starts actually making things worse for the company. And he talks about that and how stepping back was really important. Now he frames some of that, and this is then very interesting because he knew with the type of growth and the type of effort they were putting in, that if he didn't step back and if he didn't find the right team, he was going to burn out. Now, from my own experience and then from talking with many other of you, sometimes late at night over some bourbon, um, many of us don't pay attention to the possibility of burnout, especially when we are doing so much early on, and only when it smacks us straight in the head do we say, oh, maybe I should do something. So listening to our guest today talk about you know, what he was doing early on to kind of prepare for it, I think is worthwhile because it would have made my life so much easier if I had just done some steps earlier. Lastly, I like how he talks about using his corporate experience working for mainstream banking as the framework for how he was building his organization. He wasn't copying the org chart that he worked under previously, but he was using that progression. Hey, you do well, you do well in sales, you get promoted. You know, he took that date basic thing. And he took the concept of the org chart that he was familiar with 
and then started putting in a little bit more into the prism what was necessary for the organization, you know, for the company he was building first with his um, credit repair and then later on with his um, marketing firm. So, you know, pay attention to that because I think too often we try and, you know, as entrepreneurs push away traditional corporate environments because it's too unwieldy, it's too big, it will never work here, et cetera. But the reality is, if it helps us get a little bit further faster, we can always evolve out of it. So rather than flailing our arms and going, what should I be doing? How should I be doing this? Putting this together and trying to do that, I think is pretty important. So, you know, really interesting. I think Nick, Nick Casales, you know, is a really interesting guest. So let's go talk with Nick. He's the CEO and founder of Real Top Marketing. Hello, Nick. It is really great to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited because as someone who has had his own agency and sold it, I'm really curious to see how things are now with you know, the success you're having with Real Top. I'd really be interested in seeing how things are and what you're seeing in the agency space because it's always fun to geek out a little bit around agencies and especially around digital marketing. So thank you again. These days, with everything that's going on for you, how do you, where do you see yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey? It's a great question. You know, ideally, um, ideally, I'd like to see an agency that is completely, you know, number one, innovative. So I want to make sure that we're the guys experimenting with the new platforms that no one's willing to check out yet, yeah. new channels. You know, we've been doing some really amazing experiment, experiments with TikTok that have just been a grand slam. And even our clients are like, whoa, 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 what are you doing in TikTok? Are we supposed to be there? What's happening? Uh, you know, we, we didn't know. We weren't ready yet. Um, so I want to be, be the agency that's one step ahead in all of these channels that are, that are coming up. And the other thing is I'd like to build a more self-sustaining um, agency. Um, and what I mean by that is where I'm more of, uh, on the strategy side mm-hmm. and then my team is, my team is fulfilling. My team is, is handling and managing and deploying. Um, but I'm more of an owner slash strategist right now. I'm the guy on the phone with every, uh, prospective client, which I cannot honestly say it's, it's my first love. I love speaking to business owners. It's, it's fun. It's cool. And I think, I think you probably feel you know, the same way, yeah. uh, but I think at some point there's going to be a bit of a, a bit of burnout um, where I'm going to need to bring in other people and I'm going to need to maybe step back and let other people be smarter than me and be more, you know, just be sharper than me and do a better job. And that's what happened in my previous business. I, I stepped aside and discovered, man, there are people that are way smarter, way sharper, way quicker um, than me. And, and it was great. I want to get to that point with this business as well. No, that is very cool. So, you know, given that this is, you know, another go, when you had that transition earlier, are you feeling like, are you feeling sort of deja vu in sort of the growth of Realtop, you know, given your past experiences, what are you feeling that's kind of like, oh, maybe it's the time 
you know, you're in that transition point now. What it's, do you think? It's a great point. So I was lucky enough in my last business, so I owned a, a credit restoration company that, yes. that we grew to a nice size. But I was lucky enough before that to work in a corporate environment where as a young guy in my early 20s, I was able to experience a corporate structure. It was already built in. So you knew you did well in sales. You moved up to a, a sales team leader. You did good there. You became a manager. As a manager, yeah. you became a VP. So I was lucky enough to already kind of have a visual roadmap of what a company should look like and where the owner should be headed. Um, and where all the people on the ground floor of the company could actually kind of move up. I, I had kind of an org chart from from that great experience. Moving Very cool. And now I kind of have the same thing here. I don't know if my team realizes, but I already have the org chart of what we look like at 100 active clients, 200 active clients, mm -hmm. 500 active clients. It's already in place. And what's happening right now is everyone in all the different positions, they're sort of applying for their for the next role, not realizing it. Even for myself, I'm sort of working towards that that next role, which would probably be from client strategist, which I'm doing the day-to-day -day of, I'd probably move to the head of client strategy slash owner. Yeah. Uh, the guy that's running our mark our day-to-day -day client communications will end up probably being uh, the team lead of the group that's handling client communications and, and, and so on and on the operation side. Very cool. So yeah, it is nice to kind of see that echo, you know, coming around from your past experiences. Well, given this, what's kind of helped you, do you think the most in kind of in on your journey as an entrepreneur? The biggest thing that's helped me is, especially early on, mm -hmm. you know, in the infancy stage of the business, getting into everything, just getting into everything and understanding everything. It's tough to, it's tough to, to, you know, quote unquote manage. If you don't know what the guys, you know, you have a team that, that you're overseeing what they're dealing with day to day you end up becoming super disconnected unless you've been in the trenches with everybody. So I would say just getting down and dirty, everything, you know, if there's a process, understanding how the client responds to that process, looking at automatic emails that are going out, the day-to-day -day management of the campaigns. Uh, too often, I think owners become disconnected and then they can't even speak on the company. They, they don't actually know what's going on, which, all right, it's kind of cool. You know, you can, you can disconnect. But I would say getting in the trenches early and doing every single role during the infancy stage of the business. Um, and that allows you to, to even lead better. You know, if, if you're going to delegate out a task that you haven't done, eh, you know, the person on the other end of that delegation, they're not going to, they're not going to have that same feeling versus someone that's done the task. They've worn the hat. They've done it successfully. They know what's gone right and gone wrong. Gone wrong. Uh, they're going to trust you more. Okay. So I think it's important that you can prove yourself, you know, to your team. You know, if you're going to tell someone to clean the toilets, have you ever cleaned a toilet? Are you humble yeah. enough to do it? Well, get down there and try it, Mr. Quote unquote CEO. You know, all these titles are so, 
like the cool Donnie Brasco, they're so fugazi, you know, get down there and do all the jobs yourself, get off your ass and, and, and get working that way. Your team respects you. Nope. Definitely is true. As someone who came up, you know, <laughs> a long way, um, before having my own, in my own shops, it is definitely when you know, you can kind of take care of anything. It is that like, okay, now let's see if I can hand it over to someone else. It's like, yeah, you move it along. Well, I mean, where do you see you guys going? Where are you trying to bring real top? Because the agency space is so interesting now. It's like for the very big agencies, they're having so much, they're growing, but at the same time, it's so much turmoil. You know, I find it so interesting in talking with agency owners like yourself, because I think there's so much opportunity, but you have to play with the business model. So where are you guys going? So I'll tell you where, where we're going and actually where we love being. So I, I, you know, I see behind you the picture of, I think Brooklyn bridge, I assume. Yep. So we like being the bridge from the analog to the digital world. So people would assume that all of our marketing to get clients is online. Okay. Um, that, that's what you'd assume we're a digital marketing agency. Um, what I like to do is go into the analog world. I like going to the other day, we were at the small business expo in Miami meeting clients or prospective clients face to face in the real world, in the analog world. And they will tell us, Nick, we have a business. It's established. We get tons of referrals, like the old fashioned way, but now we need to go digital. So we love bridging the analog to the digital. And there's no shortage of businesses right now that are still running the old fashioned way and should continue doing that, sure. but can now augment these wonderful, beautiful businesses with relationships and personalities and face to face and shaking of hands. Um, you know, augmenting those businesses with digital marketing. So I would say that's our thing. Our thing as a digital marketing agency is getting in front of more people face to face, shaking more hands, going to as many expos as possible, meeting people in the real world and bridging analog to digital. And I would say that is our mission. And I don't want it to change five years from now. I still want to be the guy that's doing that because I don't think there's going to be a shortage of people that are still in the real world. I, I want to have one foot in the real world, one foot in the digital world. And, you know, I got my start doing traditional marketing, doing relationships, networking, handing out business cards, handing out flyers and businesses are still succeeding there. Um, so I, I, I want to be, I want to be bridging that continuously forever and ever. Very cool. Well, how do you think you guys, you know, as you keep Bridget being the bridge here between, you know, there are, as you said, so many, I mean, it is amazing where when you're in the space, you're like, oh, everyone's digital. And then when you look at the numbers, you're like, oh, wow, there's still a majority of businesses that have no real digital presence. Um, as you look to be the bridge and as things move forward and you guys grow, how do you think things are going to change for the agency and then for yourself? Yeah, I think, I think the fundamentals aren't going to change ever. Mm -hmm. um, I think what will change are the channels. So, you know, we always talk about, you know, people will say, what do you guys do? Well, it's the three S's, right? You have the site, you have search, you have social. Okay. 
social for us isn't just social media it's socializing with our audience past clients search search is constantly changing it used to be yahoo it used to you know there used to be something happening at bing when, when it was a thing uh, and there used to be aol and now we're fully focused on google at one point it was all about seo now we're focused on local service ads and ppc and there's a big emphasis on google my business um, so I think those fundamentals, those three S's, the site, search, and social, okay? Having a beautiful online store, I don't think that's going to change, okay? Maybe websites will change in a way. Maybe we'll be hanging out in the metaverse and our online stores will be there. But I don't see that as being different, okay? Uh, you know, I, I don't think that fundamental is is different. At one point, we were focused on our retail stores. Now we have our online websites. Maybe one day there'll be you know, web, web 2.0 or 3.0, whatever it is, um, we're going to be setting up these online stores. So I think it's going to be more channels in just being kind of ahead of the game with channels, but the fundamentals will stay the same search. There are always going to be people looking for what you have to offer. And all you have to do is see, we had yellow pages. People went into the yellow pages, searched for a plumber, and they found one and the guy with the biggest, baddest ad um, with a nice, unique selling proposition got the call. Same thing's happening with Google. We have an ad, we have a landing page with a unique selling proposition or a pain point we're solving. Yeah. It's all the same stuff. It's just a matter of the platforms changing. And I guess we'll see. I think the platforms, um, I think they're going to change pretty quickly. And that, that's... Uh, that's the thing. I've seen some companies where they're focused on, they'll say, hey, we're a PPC agency. You know, we're just doing paper. That's, that's what we are. You know, that's what we are. Or we're, a, we're, a, we're an Instagram agency. And that scares me when I hear that from other agency owners because, guys, your channels are going to change. There could be one hot trend that changes that takes out Instagram. Mark Zuckerberg could say one stupid thing tomorrow. And everyone's off of Facebook and they're on to, you know, they're on to TikTok, which is already happening. TikTok just added stories. What does that yeah. tell you? If there's an evolution. There's a, there's a move happening right now. Yeah. I mean, the amount of traffic that TikTok has been able to get. And it's so funny because it was like when my kids started playing on TikTok. I was like, wait a second, it looks familiar. And I'm like, I go and I'm like, oh, I was a beta user, but it didn't seem like anything interesting, you know, sure. way back in the day. And now, now it's a monster, but you know, 10 plus years ago, well, a little more than 10 at this point, Instagram was, yeah, it wasn't, it was not even, it wasn't even, um, oh God. I mean, 10 years ago, it was pretty much still photo bucket. I can't even remember what was, you know, <laughs> It was like just a decade and image sharing and the type of engagement that behavior has changed so rapidly search behavior. Yeah, you're right. Search behavior has kept a lot, but at the same time has deepened and sort of changed in itself, the type of you know, activity, but it's still intention led activity versus discovery. Yeah. That's, that fun company, yep. guys. I mean, that is, I mean, I am fascinated you know, now that I've sold out of the space, you know, watching it. Um, all right. So you guys are kind of going to keep experimenting. Do you see, you know, and you are looking to 
bring on, you know, more team players, bring on more intelligent people, um, not intelligent people, but bring on, you know, smarter people and bring, you know, build up. How else do you see like your activities as an entrepreneur changing? Ooh, I, I, you know, personally, I seem to go through cycles. Um, I think, uh, you know, if you were to track my last 20 years as a, as a, as a professional, I, I, I've noticed a few cycles. I could probably watch it on a chart where I get into, you know, I was in sales when I was 19 mm-hmm. from then I, I really hustled hard and then got into management. And then, then I went to a new role. I went back into sales again and then management and then sales and then management. So I seem to have this up and down. I think subconsciously something happens to me where, you know, as much as I want to delegate out the, the, the roles, I think I personally seek interactions with others and communication and meeting, which really is part of the sales role. So uh, I'm sort of starting to acknowledge that I, I need that. And uh, when I started this business, I had sort of delegated myself out of every role in my last company. And I just wanted to like talk to new people. I wanted to, to, to get into sales again. You know, I wanted to create new relationships again. So I think now that I've acknowledged this, I think I'm going to stick around as long as I can in some way, shape or form, even when I've delegated out my current position as a strategist to creating relationships constantly, maybe at a different level, maybe there are going to be trade groups I'm more involved with. Maybe there, you know, I'm going to be looking to go to maybe bigger companies and, 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 you know, get onto a few boards. But I think I need to acknowledge the fact that, I need to be constantly communicating and making connections, mm-hmm. making friendships. Uh, personally, there I get this amazing satisfaction from it. And every time I've delegated myself out of a sales role, I found myself uh, missing it and actually being a little being a little depressed w- yeah. without it. It is. Um, it's fun when you can kind of because you learn early, you know, from the difference of selling to being in that role for your agency, it's like, oh, you're learning what they need and you're finding ways to make it happen. And that like ongoing discussion I always loved of like, well, what is important to you? What is the, yeah, not the, yeah, not the typical like, oh, tell us what you need. It's like, oh, understanding your customer's business and then exploring it and finding ways to bring your stuff to bear. That's always, it's, you know, it's a, to me, that's the most fun you have in this space. You know, know, I want to, I I think we should add to that too. You know, when I say sales, you know, especially for for the listeners out there, one would assume sales is, you know, getting out there and sort of pushing a product or a service out to people. And I've never seen it like that. I've always thought of sales as, is something a lot more natural. Um, creating relationships and friendships and building trust and what you just mentioned, you know, just from being around people, finding out, you know, pain points that people are happening. Let's say specifically in, in this, in this, in, in this category, which is business owner. 
and then just simply trying to solve those pain points. Uh, that for me is sales. Um, it's not, hey, I, I got a service or a catalog with a bunch of things I want you to buy. Let, let me go out there and do sales. Um, I don't think that's I don't think that's sales. I I think that's uh, I don't know what that is, but um, you know I love solving I love solving uh, pain points for for anybody, but especially business owners because I can empathize being a business owner um, all the pain that comes with that role. So if I can help a business owner, you know, solve any of that stuff. You know, marketing tends to be the biggest thing, how to get more customers. That seems to be a major pain yeah. point. But if my client came to me and said, hey, Nick, I'm having trouble with payroll. I don't know what to do about some technical thing. Uh, I found this amazing joy in helping people solve those problems too, even things that have, having nothing to do with marketing or sales. It's funny you bring that up. And given that you did have an experience as a salesperson before you had your own businesses, yeah, I... I also, and what I felt was we, you know, when I was pure quote unquote salesperson early in my career, it was like, you must do X, you must do Y dot yeah. this cross this. And it was, you really felt like you were constantly pushing and just trying to wear people down. Yet what I found when I then had my own shop, you know, and then it was like, oh, building relationships, getting to know people, as you said, that kind of like deepening the trust and kind of learning and, you know, just the whole fun stuff of what we do. Then all of a sudden, some of the things of build this, do this, cross this, track this started to make more sense after there was that like, oh, the human part first, then, yeah. you know, and I feel like you really, you know, kind of talking to, and that's the thing you're enjoying here. It's funny because I tell I tell prospective clients this too. So when we get on the phone with a prospective client, someone someone could be a client or a business yeah. owner looking at marketing, and I'll spend a good half an hour just like talking to them and and becoming friends and finding out their story, and and then marketing will come up and then and and I'll tell them, hey, listen, this is how it works. I'm not going to ask you for any business. I know that's contrary to every sales book you've ever heard, but I'm not going to do it. But I'll tell you this, I'm going to find out a lot about you. We're going to become friends and I'm going to give you a lot of value. I'm going to educate you on how you yourself can grow your business using digital marketing. I'm going to, I'm going to literally give you the handbook detailed A to Z and I'll never ask you to do business with us. Um, and I'll tell them, but what ends up happening is the more I give you, the more you're going to ask me or want to ask me how you can use my services. And it happens every time. And they get it. They get a kick out of it. They're like, you're kidding me. I'm like, yeah, watch. I go, watch what happens. And I, I've really been doing this lately where I will never at any point in time ask someone to do business with us. I will keep educating. And when there's silence, I'll say, okay, let's look at another thing. What, what another thing you can do to grow your business? And I won't even end the strategy session. I don't have a cutoff point. I keep going. I will go for two hours. And what ends up happening is it creates this massive demand and want to do business with us because the trust that we've built in, the law of reciprocity, is so evident. The trust is so huge that people can't go anywhere else. They want to do business with us. 
Um, so we don't ask people if they, if, if they want to use our services. It's, I know every sales book says you got to ask, you got to ask. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to ask. I don't want to. You know, if I, if I haven't given, if I haven't given somebody enough, if I haven't given them enough where they're going to ask how, you know, how much their services are going to cost, how it works, or if simply they can sign up and use us, then I haven't done a good job yet. Um, I have to keep educating and it, and it works like a charm every single time. It makes people feel great. Nope. I, I agree. I like that process a lot. I used it a lot back in the day. Well, how long? Because I know, like for me, it took a while before I kind of became comfortable because that was my natural thing. Like, hey, let me just figure out the problem and we'll talk about it. But to make it something that actually worked within organization for us to grow and you know, get clients and stuff, it took a while to fit. I kept falling back into the formal sales process. How long, you know, would you kind of talk about that experience for you? Like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing this, but this feels better. And how did you make that work for you? Um, do you mean the transition from being the you know the guy selling oh, and taking going about clients the to the point where you're maybe delegating it? No, no, no. Where you're feeling like because the idea of like going in and just talking with clients about ways they can grow and what they can do. That takes a level of confidence and takes a level of experience that, you know, you, you would, you know, a lot of us, you know, when we were early may thought, oh, this would be the smart way to do it, but it's not how it's done to then get back to that point of like, hey, let's just talk about the ways that you should go and do this. That takes, you know, especially to then use it to help you build your company it takes, a, it's not, you know, it's not one, two, three. It, there's, at least in my experience, there was a transformation, there was processes and stuff all to support it. You know, how did that go about for you to now make it work? I started looking at, so I track a lot of data and I started looking at, I started looking at the amount of proposals I was sending out um, and how quickly I was sending out those proposals from the initial call. Um, first, <laughs> essentially just studying our, our sales cycle. And I, I started seeing the proposals I was sending out quickly. You know, 80, 90% of those, they just weren't, they weren't biting. Yeah. It was very transactional. Hey, I want to do this Google stuff. What's your price? Let me know what it is. And they've moved on. Um, and you, when you, when you do that sort of a thing, you, you commoditize your service. You're not special. Um, where what I, and then I looked at the clients that were signing up with us and those that I was courting over the course of two weeks, three weeks or a month, you know, a longer sales cycle, you know, 70, 80% of those people I was speaking to, they, they wanted our services. So what does that tell you? The longer you're willing to invest in educating your customers and establishing trust, the higher the conversion rates will be. And once you get a decent pipeline of prospective clients, prospects, you'll actually end up spending a lot less time prospecting because your closing percentages are far higher. The problem is a lot of people get into business 
And obviously the owners are usually in some sort of a sales role and they want to get a quick close, get a customer, get them. You're there on the phone, sign, sign, you want to, you know, get signed up here. And what happens is they speak to their first 10 people. They burn their pipeline and trying to get a quick buck. There's no trust established. And even if someone does end up doing business with you, the churn is very high because you haven't laid that foundational groundwork of trust. So I would say, you know, to any young agency owners out there, I know you want these quick funnels. I know you want these quick signups. Stop commoditizing your services. Stop worrying about price and, and spread your sales cycle out longer. Your churn will be far lower. Once you build a pipeline, you'll actually see your closing percentage will be sky high. And then in addition to that, you'll get more referrals versus having to go out and, and, you know, pay for marketing uh, for your marketing agency. Um, You'll be far, far more profitable as well. So take your time, invest in educating your client. Make them the hero. Stop being the hero. Very cool. So, yeah, to other business owners and specifically agency folks, um, what's something that you learned the hard way, a mistake or just something you you now in hindsight realize, oops, um, that you think the rest of us can learn from? Well, one thing I learned the hard way is looking back, and I know we're not supposed to have regrets, Um, But regrets are good. That's how you learn. So you should have regrets, but make them constructive. Um, But I would say not playing, not playing aggressive enough, not taking bigger risks, Um, bigger risks being putting more money in marketing, more money in experimenting with new channels, more money in high-end video production in commercials. Um, Every business decision every business investment is in some way shape or form people kind of categorize it as a a kind of a gamble right because it might not pay off um i would say my i I didn't gamble hard enough um i wish i had invested more um and and didn't play it so safe especially when i was in my 20s when i had the bandwidth to take more risks um, and when I, again, when I say risks, I mean risks in investing more in, uh, in, in growing my business. Um, a lot of times, you know, you start a small business and it's so hard to become profitable for six months, a year, two years. You're just like, you know, you're living off a fume. So once you do get some money, you tend to still be in a scarcity mode where you're trying to keep every single dollar yeah. and you never... Ever graduate from that infancy to adolescence or adolescence to maturity in your business because you're so scared to reinvest some of those profits because now you've been told to hold on to every penny. Um, I wish I transitioned from adolescence to maturity faster and more aggressively. Uh, I've noticed the theme as well from working with business owners, guys that are doing a couple hundred thousand in revenue up to people that are doing 50 million in revenue. Uh, there's one common theme. It's not education. It's not smarts. It's not even hard work. Okay. It's the guys at 50 million and 100 and above. They're willing to gamble um, and invest and go bigger in their experiments and their business. 
um, every single time. There's some magic. No, no, I fully agree. You know, if you're able to bring to bear your own capabilities to shape your risk profile, little bets aren't going to change that much for you. You need to kind of, yeah, the more you bring to bear to create an opportunity, the more you have to be willing to feed it because that's the only way you're going to really change outs, create outside value. Yeah, that is very cool. Well, aim now that you are looking at creating outside value, since we got you here, um, how, you know, yes, you're looking at what you're going to be doing with Realtop, but how are you looking at what success means for you as the entrepreneur separate from the company? Oh, I can, you know, I can quantify it. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm pretty simple. I, I'm a, I'm kind of a numbers guy. I've done that with uh, anything I've been involved with. So, you know, we would love to be working with a hundred clients, a hundred really awesome entrepreneurs. Um, I have, I have the uh, luxuries uh, anyone would ever want. You know, I, I've, I've had the nice cars and homes and trips. I've done all that stuff. I've been blessed with all that. And it's all fun. Um, but uh, I don't think that's a priority. I just want to work with more business owners and, and just build a community of, of business owners that, uh, that I could feed off of. Um, you know, and it's a selfish thing. My clients don't realize that I really do feed off of them. I love that they could feed off of me and then eventually create a community. Um, what I would, what I dream of is when we have a hundred, hundred clients eventually to start building out our own convention or get together or some yeah. sort of a major mastermind seminar that I can bring in our clients, um, not anyone external, but simply our clients and let everyone contribute to this group and let everyone Eat up each other, best practices, um, that sort of thing. So that's where I'd love to be in five years, professionally, a hundred great clients, uh, and and also the community around the clientele. And then I would say, um, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, hopefully we can build a really amazing agency that not only my kids can eventually contribute to, but um, you know, our staff, their kids could eventually contribute to as well. It's a, it's a nice family environment and that's where, that's where we want to be. That would be a great, that would be a great blessing, you know? Very cool. No, I think that's, that's a great aspiration, you know, doing that because it takes a lot of work, not just to build an agency, but to build it in such a way that it lasts the test of time. That's an extra level of difficulty you're putting on yourself. So that's very cool. That's a good, that's a really good aspiration. Well, who should be looking to talk with you guys with Realtop? What type of companies do you think are best or, yeah, should would be most interested in what you're doing? Sure, I would say we function very much as a as a fractional marketing department for larger small businesses. So, you know, when you start the business, you're wearing all the hats. You're the marketer. You're the toilet cleaner. You're the sales guy. The ops guy. You're doing everything. Um, We've all been there, but you, you do eventually get to the point where you want to start building out your marketing team. 
And essentially, you know, we end up becoming that marketing arm at a fractional basis. So you might only need to do two email newsletters per month. You don't need an email guy at a desk all month long. You can, on a fractional basis, uh, use our agency to do it for you. Um, so any, any really B2B or B2C fast growing larger small businesses, that tends to be our, our niche. Um, and then in addition to that, business owners that are successful in the analog world that are looking to go digital, we have become uh, a really amazing uh, bridge uh, for, for those businesses. Cool. What would be the best way for them to, you know, engage with you guys? It's kind of go through the site, you know, what's, you know, yeah. what's usually the best path, platform? Check us out online. So there's a couple of ways you want to communicate with us on some pretty simple ways. Um, one is right online. You can go to realtop.com real and you can book a free marketing strategy session there. Um, doesn't matter if you're a small or large business. We talk to everybody and we have a good time doing it. Um, you can hit me up on my email, nick, N-I-K, at realtop.com. Shoot me a note, you know, drop me an email or check us out on Instagram. Um, it is the channel to be at today. Uh, maybe we won't be there tomorrow because we'll be in the metaverse. But for right now, Real Top Digital is our handle. Um, we put out a ton of educational content on a daily basis that we would be happy if you ripped off and used for your business. Um, it's part of our uh, it's part of our sales system. Rip us off, <laughs> and then eventually eat us. Yeah, I always like that. Steal for me, and then I can help you make it your own. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. And we'll have everything in the show notes and we'll put it on the social so you guys can find Nick and Real Top straightforward. I think you'll, have, you know, if you are looking for that marketing help, I've been really impressed going through their site, looking at the material. They know what they're talking about. It's always that fun thing when you see someone like, oh, wait, they phrase it the same way that it took us a gazillion hours of work to kind of. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, that fun of like it's not just stating; it's like understanding. It's that mm -hmm. little kind of twist you kind of hear right away when you're talking to someone who's in the same space. So these guys know what they're doing, and I think you'll have a great conversation. All right, Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, AJ. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.